Well, good evening, everybody. Wow, okay. Good evening, everybody. There we go. Much better, much better. So thankful that we are together for this family meeting. I really do enjoy family meeting. We have a lot of good things to report and to celebrate that God has done. And uh, we are, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to taking the Lord's Supper at the conclusion of our time tonight. That really is a special time for me, and I, am, I hope it is for you as well. Um, we have a few things to do in order to kind of call this officially to order uh, and to meeting. And so one of those is to actually, if you look on your, uh, if, you, if you got one of these handouts right here, uh, on one side of that actually has family meeting minutes from our meeting in July. And so we need to approve these minutes. This is an official thing we have to do. And so uh, can I get a motion that we approve these minutes, Stuart? And a second? Second, very good. And uh, all those in favor of approving these minutes as written, summary of minutes as written, uh, say aye. 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 All of those opposed, the same. All right, and that passes with relative ease. Great job. This next part is something that comes from a committee. It comes from our ministry recruitment committee. If that is something that you did not know that we even had or that existed, the ministry recruitment committee is a group that helps us uh, kind of plug in people to the few committees that we have or helps even find life group teachers and all those kind of things. And so the ministry recruitment committee has some committees Huh, whew, lots of committees, that we need to uh, affirm as a church. It comes uh, from a standing committee. That means it does not need a motion or a second, but it does need to come before us. So I'm going to read these names to you, and then we can affirm them together all in one. So the Global Discipleship Committee, some of these uh, have one year, two year, or three years remaining of their tenure, but uh, this is the, the entire committee. So Will Edgar, Tim May, Adam Willoughby, Rhonda Burnett, Kim Buford, Abby Winstead, and Stuart Winf Wentworth. Uh, that's the Global Discipleship Committee. They work closely with Kylie and uh, kind of considering partnerships, and they are a part of thinking through how we equip and train those that we are sending out. Then we have the Ministry Recruitment Committee that I just talked about and their work. Uh, they have Aline Gladney, Kenny McGrath, Denise Hendry, Michael Edwards, Cindy Tullis, Aaron Sanders, and Greg Winford. That's the Ministry Recruitment Committee. And you have the Personnel Committee. Personnel Committee, if you didn't know, is the committee that kind of keeps all of the staffing uh, in check, holds us accountable for different things. They also uh, hear about any requested, um, like, staff members or anything like that. So Personnel Committee, Faye Cress, Leanna Lott, Lawrence Walker, Craig Hurd, Robert James, and Ernest Sanders. That's the Personnel Committee. And then the Stewardship Committee, the group that looks most closely at the finances, and they, they, they meet every month. They are uh, the most regular of committees, honestly, uh, and they hold Gino accountable, thankfully. Uh, not that he is, oh, that sounds like he's shady. Um, not that. Uh, but because, like, we actually want that. Like, he actually wants that as well, that we have uh, everybody in check and everything in the right uh, order. And so uh, that is Amy Biernat, Scott McKenzie, Terry Trailer, Trailer, Sarah McGrath, Orr Barack, Jimmy Wood, and Mike Gladney. So, all of those, those four committees, that's all we have. I don't know if you grew up in Southern Baptist Church, uh, but I grew up where four committees was nothing, right? Like, uh, that was just a drop in the hat. So I'm thankful for the leadership that these committees provide and uh, uh, their, their willingness to serve in those ways. So again, it does not need a... Uh, motion or a second because it comes from a committee, but uh, all those in favor of affirming these to be uh, a part of these committees, will you say aye? aye? All those opposed, the same sign. All right, thank you so much. So uh, those are things that aren't always like riveting, right? And I realize that. Uh, there's stuff that we just have to do as a part of being a, an official organization. But I tell you, I, I get... Uh, a lot more joy and pleasure, in fact, about hearing about 
uh, how God has moved in the lives of people that they would get saved. Right? And we get to hear about that tonight. Uh, I love to hear about how God has uh, moved in the hearts and lives of people that they would ask to become members here. I love hearing about how, how God is moving uh, in sending us to parts of the world. I love getting to share about that. I like actually getting to hear about how God has been using our resources for his glory. So, so a night like this, for me, brings a lot of joy because there's a lot of things to celebrate and rejoice in. So whenever I think of that, my mind quickly goes to singing. Just being honest. Uh, maybe yours doesn't, but I'm that guy who like, uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna sing about it. I wanna sing about how good our God is and how, how great he is. And so I hope that as we do that tonight, that you will begin with joy in your heart, singing out to a God who is worthy of all of our praise because he has blessed us abundantly. He has opened up the heavens and poured out his blessing on us. So would you stand with us now as we worship him?
Amen. You can be seated, church. Uh, to start tonight, we are going to get to celebrate uh, hearing how God has added to our numbers, how uh, new believers have come and have been baptized. So Kevin Williams is going to come and give us an update on our uh, membership. Church family. Hey, as most of you know, uh, part of one of our goals uh, and our vision is knowing our people. So, uh, this is a small part of knowing our people is going over the membership report. So, if you'll turn your attention to that, um, maybe not all of our business is riveting, but 15 new members over the past quarter, I, I think, is riveting. Uh, yeah, praise God. 15 new members, six of those were by baptism. So that's awesome to see the, the waters of baptism stirred, right? Uh, we also have um, four families or members who um, have requested transfer of their membership. So we want to remember them in prayer as they are sent out in different ways to different areas. And also we have four members who we celebrated their home going. Um, that's sad for those of us, family and friends, who are left behind, but we don't want to forget about those families who, who have lost loved ones over the last quarter. So um, certainly we want to be in prayer for these. I would encourage you for our new members, if you don't know them, uh, maybe look them up on the exchange, put a face with the name, and if you see them, if you don't already know them, just welcome them. Make sure that they know that that they are special, they're loved, that we're glad they're here and, and part of our church family. Uh, and seek them out and, and just make sure uh, to recognize them and, and uh, make sure they're loved. So uh, if you will, join with me in prayer for these. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we come to you, we give you praise for who you are and what you've done. And, Lord, we want to remember those who have lost loved ones. We lift up to you the Ellis, Hopkins, Thomas, and Wiggins families. Uh, Father, we thank you for the time we got to spend with these who uh, were part of our church. And, and Father, uh, we lift up to you their families who still have hurts and grief. And uh, just pray that you would strengthen them, give them wisdom and discernment and encouragement as they walk through that time in their lives. Father, we lift up to you these who have left our membership. We, certainly some of these have, have joined other churches, other faith families. Father, we, we pray that they are serving you faithfully and growing in their faith and that you would use them in mighty ways um, to honor and glorify you. And Father, for our new members, we give you praise for these who have joined our fellowship. We give you praise for these who have been baptized uh, in their new faith. And uh, Father, we just pray that you would bless them. May they know that they're loved. May they be encouraged and equipped. May they grow and use their gifts and talents uh, to edify this body. And may we as a church come around them, support them, and help them grow in their faith. And Father, we give you praise for all this. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we continue thinking about our vision, we desire not only to know our people, but to love our community. We want to do that in a variety of ways. Uh, that is certainly a part of who we are. The plan for right now was that I was going to sit here and that Jerry Welch was going to sit right here and we were going to talk a little bit about uh, the Timothy Project. I'm going to do that, but uh, quite honestly, there was an emergency for, uh, in Jerry's family with his mom, Miss Sue. Many of you know who she is, a member here. Uh, and uh, she is in the emergency room. And so uh, I thought it only fitting, as we know of a situation like that, just to pause and, and pray and then continue. Uh, it's just a family meeting, so we can do that, right? Uh, everybody okay with pausing to pray for Miss Sue? Uh, yes? Okay, let's do that. Father God, we do trust you. We trust you because we know that you know what is best. And so we ask for you, even though we are somewhat out of the loop, um, we pray that you would bring about exactly what is needed for Miss Sue. We pray uh, for the family that is around. We pray that you would give them 
Uh, as your word talks about a peace that passes all understanding, grant them comfort by your Holy Spirit. Uh, but I pray that, that you would do exactly what is needed in her life even right now. God, we, we want uh, healing, protection, safety, and all of these things. And so we call on you, who is the only one able to bring those things. We trust that your will will be done according to what is best, uh, even when we don't know what that is. So we ask for you to, to do exactly what is needed, even right now, as we pray. So we do. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Uh, I do want to... Uh, share a little bit about the Timothy Project. It is a part of the church that some of you may not know much about at all. Some of you are actively involved in it. The Timothy Project was really begun out of a desire to um, initially from those of you in the congregation who uh, had kind of raised their hands saying, I feel like I'm called to the mission field. I'm called to ministry. I'm called to, to serve in some way. And we were saying, okay, we've We've got to make sure we're doing our part as a church to provide such equipping and training. And so uh, we began meeting together. We, we offer seminary classes. Uh, we do those uh, already on Wednesday nights. So our uh, Timothy Project Seminary class is offered through uh, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And so there's a few that are getting taking those classes for seminary credit. Then there are several who are taking those because they just love Jerry's teaching so much. Um, Jerry and I teach those together, and so they're definitely there for him. Uh, and uh, so, so thankful for that opportunity and what it provides for us. So the, the, the seminary classes kind of began some of that. We also have, uh, I, I mentioned even this morning with Gabby, uh, there are about, I can't remember the number exactly, it's either like 15, 18 um, individuals or families that are in what we call the, uh, the missionary pipeline. That means that they are being prepared and equipped to be sent out for long-term service. Uh, and so uh, we have church members who connect with them and invest in them and pour into them. And so all of that is a part of the Timothy Project. Those are things that kind of happened within the church. But in the last year, um, we, we began to realize uh, maybe a unique opportunity for us as Colonial Heights to, to serve our community in a uniquely different way. And so that is to serve uh, pastors and ministers, missionaries around our community. It, it, it spreads out a little bit more, but for the most part, it's in, in this general area. And so um, this last May, we hosted our first pastors conference, the Timothy Project pastors conference, that uh, we had a, approximately 100 uh, pastors here uh, for, those, for two days in May just to hear God's word, be poured into, invested in, taught uh, different uh, concepts about shepherding and uh, pastoring. But then again, we're just look to the word to, to, have, to be encouraged and equipped. And from that, we began what we call the leadership cohort. And the leadership cohort uh, meets uh, every month. Uh, once a month, they meet for uh, a lunch and some sort of, like, instruction. Um, and so these are guys who really would want to be uh, lead pastors someday. Some of them uh, have been doing that for just a year or two and would like some further training. And so this is the place to do that. Um, the things we talk about in here are not necessarily things that you talk about in seminary class. We kind of get into, some of it is, but a lot of it is stuff that uh, is more practical than that. I, and Jerry too, we have the blessing of being preacher's kids. And so, uh, like I, I'm the son of a preacher and the son-in-law of a preacher and the brother of one, and the brother-in-law of one, and the brother-in-law of his dad, right? Like, every male does this. So I've got, I have a phone call to make to ask questions, and mo these guys don't. So we want to become that phone call for them, and so we spend time once a month uh, investing in about 20 different guys uh, from all over. Uh, I think the farthest drives of about two hours uh, to get here once a month and spend that time with this group of guys to be encouraged and equipped. And then once a quarter, we have 
um, the pastor's roundtable. And the pastor's roundtable is guys who are already lead pastors, but really would just like that same sort of encouragement, kind of passing ideas back and forth. Uh, That's about a dozen guys. Um, And so they, they... Again, we gather once a quarter, have lunch together, because you gotta do that, right? Uh, eat and, and share different uh, ideas together. We just started that uh, this last month, and so it's a unique opportunity. So you may not realize this, but as a part of Colonial Heights, we are a part of, um, of equipping and encouraging and investing in like dozens of churches. And I, I say that not because, uh, as I talked about this morning, this is not a point of pride for us to pat ourselves on the back, but because we really do believe that we're not the only church in town. And we believe that it will take all of us, all of these churches, to effectively reach this area. Like if we want to be most effective in loving our community, then we will use as many people as possible, right? I, I think even about uh, Matthew Smith. And the Smiths like going to plant a church uh, not too far away from here. And I think like, that's part of our investment. That's part of the Timothy Project investing in him and pouring into his life and equipping him. Why? Because we want to see the kingdom grow. We're not, we don't want to be as concerned about seeing colonial heights as much as grow, as much as we want to see God's kingdom grow. Now, if people come here, we'll be delighted. But we, we want to see his kingdom grow in fact, by the way, if you are interested in knowing more about that church plant, uh, there's a meeting right after this tonight uh, upstairs, somewhere. They'll be loud, so find them. Um, what room? 201. 201. Uh, so in 201, you can make your way there and uh, learn more about them just in the next little while. So, uh, so that is one area, this Timothy Project. The second area I want to share about tonight, I'm not going to do a lot of talking. I'm going to let a video do that, but... Uh, Our weekday preschool ministry is something that I'm really excited about, that God is using in unique and particular ways to shower children and their families with the love of Christ as as they are being pointed to Christ through curriculum and they are, like, Christ is being demonstrated to them as they are loved and cared for. And so I, I want you to watch this video. It's just kind of a quick intro video to the weekday preschool program and something that I'm excited about for us. Hi, my name is Christy Kelly, and I'm the director of the Weekday Preschool at Colonial Heights. I'm so excited to welcome a new group of children to the Weekday Preschool this year. We have a younger preschool program, either one, two, or three mornings every week, or we have an older preschool program for our three and four-year-olds that meets either three days a week or five days a week. We are a gospel-centered, play-based program that is so excited to offer wonderful learning opportunities for our youngest children. We have a music and movement program. We have a fit and fun program. We have so many opportunities for your child to get the best start in learning. We love your children here at Colonial Heights, and we cannot wait to welcome a new class of preschoolers at the Weekday Preschool. Stand up and continue to worship our God.
Y'all can have a seat, unless y'all want to stand through the financial report. It's going to be the best part, so well, I mean. There you go. I like might that. as well stand up, dance. I like your excitement. That's good. That's good. It's about all you're going to get out of me. Okay. So this is the end of year financial report, not just the quarter. Uh, there's a lot of yeah, important stuff and maybe exciting stuff as well to share. So why don't you lead us through that? Before I get into the numbers, let me just, you know, since this is kind of the annual meeting, yeah. and we do have a lot of new members that may not understand everything we do sure. to truly make sure we do have accountability in all of our financial aspects. First of all, we do, our stewardship committee meets pretty much every month. We may take the month of December off, but that's about the only time we'll take off. Um, and the stewardship committee, there is no question that they can't ask. They can come in, open up the journal entries, look through every single journal entry. They can check the bank reconciliation, make sure we actually balance the bank, the bank account every month, which we do. Gina Boykin does that for us, and she does a great job. I mean, when there's hundreds of thousands of dollars and if it's two pennies off, she goes and finds that two pennies. So, I mean, it's very, very serious that we do that. But also, outside of the stewardship committee, once a year, we bring in a group of external auditors Auditors that have no connection to the church whatsoever, they come in the week after Thanksgiving. So if you see me during the week after Thanksgiving and I kind of look stressed out, that might be why. But they come in, what they do is they go through every single thing for the last year. They pull uh, purchase orders, they pull checks, they pull everything that we've done over the last year. Random sampling, they obviously can't ch check every single thing. But they take a large sampling of everything, look through all of it, make sure we're using all the right accounts, accounting principles, making sure we're getting all the right approvals for everything, and ensuring that everything is done perfectly with, within the uh, acceptable standards of accounting in, in the United States. So that's very important to me. Um, you know, you know pastor kind of joked about you know, me, the accountability, but those of you who don't know, I worked in the secular world for a while, and there was not a whole lot of accountability in one of the companies I worked in. So, and it's really what drove me into ministry. So it is very, very important to me to make sure that God's finances have total accountability. Mm -hmm. So any of you, if you have any questions, please come ask me, ask one of the stewardship committee members. You're welcome to talk to our auditor. If you have any questions about anything that we're doing, you're welcome to do that. It's an open book, and I want everyone to know that. But well, let's talk about some exciting stuff. This year was one of those years, Pastor, that, uh, as you know, one of the pushes that you give me and that truthfully the stewardship gives me is I don't have a tremendous amount of faith when it comes to finances. So last year, as you know, as we were going into the budget, it was kind of... Just time out. <laughs> I feel like it is really helpful. I'm glad you clarified because sometimes Gina would be like, I don't have much faith. I'm like, dude. In finances. I said in finances. Like, I just, I know, but like your title is executive Pastor, I, I need I said, in you finances. to have faith, bro. In finances. Like, I just want that moment for us to, er, like, together, we're encouraging this in you. God has everything. Uh, there we go. And he can provide it to us. We heard it and this year first. we see it. Yeah. So during the budget process last year, we are in the middle of the pandemic, so we kind of created a flat budget. For the most part, we kind of looked at the previous year and just kind of made it flat because we really weren't sure what was going to happen in this year. And then the year started, and God just started showing up. In the middle of a pandemic, people out of work, people at stay-at-home orders, all kinds of things going on. And month after month after month, God provided more funds than what we had budgeted. So we're, we're, we're getting into the summer months, and summer months are usually the months where we kind of, we got to hope we have some saved up because the summer months can be kind of, kind of weak. And God provided a supernatural gift of almost half a million dollars in one week. And I literally wept. I sat in my office and just wept. How can I not have faith in a God that moves mountains? So this year, we budgeted 3268000 God provided over $4 million in giving to the budget this year. Almost $800,000 more than we budgeted. The single highest budget giving year in the history of Colonial Heights Baptist Church in the midst of a pandemic. So, I'm sure you're all asking the question, so Gino, where's all that money? Let's go back to that accountability thing. Where's all that money, Gino? Well, first of all, obviously during the summer we realized it looked like we were going to have somewhere between an eight and $850,000 surplus. So the stewardship committee, we had a, a very long meeting debating how to use that money, the ways we would possibly use that money. The elders prayed over it and thought over it for a few weeks. 
Obviously, the first thing we want to talk about is debt service. We want to get our debt down. We want to get our debt paid off. So right off the top, $600,000 right off the top of that surplus went to our principal payment. So we paid down our debt, which got our debt down below $5 million. So praise the Lord to that. Mm-hmm. But Pastor, we were also able to do some other things. We were able to take about $200,000 of that and spend it in some ministries outside of us. Yeah. Uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to, the Lord was blessing us, so we wanted to bless others. So we had, we had Drew and Kylie get with some of our, our local international partners and say, what are some things that, y'all, that we could do to help y'all right now out of this surplus? And we talked to people, you know, here in the Sunnybrook and, and Mississippi No More, the group that is, uh, is, is really working hard to end human trafficking in Mississippi. We talked to several of these different organizations, Hope Hollow and others, and they gave us specific things that they needed, couches, chairs, beds. Uh, some funding for, to open up a, a shelter for girls that had been rescued out of the industry. And God provided us that extra money, so we were able to provide money to all of those entities to help them here in the local area, so the local ministries in our area. But then also, we started reaching out to some of our international partners and finding out things that need to be done in Africa, finding out some things that need to be done in Afghanistan. We were able to provide funding to get some of the pastors out of Afghanistan during all the, the difficulty that went on in Afghanistan, we were able to, I think the last I heard was about seven pastors' yeah, families seven that we got out, that were able to get out of Afghanistan during that time to get them to a safe place where they can be trained. Now, their goal, if Lord willing, their goal is to receive some training and then to go back into Afghanistan with the gospel of Christ. Mm. And we were able to take part in that. So it's just an awesome opportunity. When God blessed us, we could turn around and bless others. I think it's important to note uh, that this is something that, that we, again, stewardship committee, elders, like we are staff, we are really trying to embrace this vision. So, so when, when that amount of money of surplus was provided, we went to vision first. Does that make sense? Uh, we were letting the vision drive our spending, meaning that part of our vision is to end our debt. So that was a part of it. Part of our vision is to love our community. And so we started to say, okay, how can we do that with Hopalo and, um, and other ministries locally? Uh, how, how can we do that to reach our world? If that's our vision, then how do we, how do we reach the world in those ways? Even uh, knowing our people. So uh, there were some very tangible uh, things that we set aside money for. Uh, we've talked about this ministry before, but specifically our, uh, our new image bearers ministry that is for uh, children and their families, uh, children with special needs and their families. And so there's some particular needs uh, that we needed to purchase that we didn't come into the year prepared to, to purchase, if that makes sense. And so we were letting the vision drive our spending. And, and I want that, that's important for even what's to come as we think about uh, years in the future. We don't want, we don't want uh, the, that in reverse, right? We want to make sure that what God has set before us, that we say, okay, Lord, you, you've set this uh, truly, uh, like this vision before us, this plan to follow your word. And so we want to we match that vision. We don't want to be ones who kind of sit back and then try to say, hey, how should we... No, no, like the idea is that we let the vision drive everything we do, including our finances. So, yeah, so you mentioned debt service. Uh, so specifically, I think that's on the, that's on the piece of paper, but uh, how much is left? Right now, $4,832,000. Yeah. Um, so we have a, a plan. A few years ago, uh, I had been here like a month, not even. And I, I sat down with the staff and said, what are some dreams, goals you might have? And without much like um, breath being given to every, anybody else, Gino was like, debt free by 2025. I mean, this was like, oh, I think that's what Gino wants. Um, and uh, I, I think for you, that was one of those uh, like really lofty, like this would be insane if this was able to happen. Is it quite as insane now? Well, Pastor, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> uh, certainly at that time, I think, Pastor, when 
when you were being spoken to, to, to be our right. senior pastor, I, I believe that our debt was a little bit over $8 million right. at that time. That was the number shared with so me by the committee. you've been here just over three years, and we're down under $5 million. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's significantly a, a different yeah. mountain. It's still a mountain. Yeah. It's still a mountain. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want you to think that, that oh, man, we got this easy. Man, yeah, we can yeah, all yeah. lay back, and it's going to happen. It's still a mountain in front of us. I mean, $5 million in debt, almost $5 million in debt is a lot of money. But, but God is just showing us over the last three years, we've retired more debt in the last three years than we did the six years prior to that. Mm -hmm. So, and that's God. That's just God providing, 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 and blessing us. And, and so, yeah, now it is one of those things. I'm like, probably when I said that, I was thinking like, as long as it's before December 31st of 2025, you know, it happens. Yeah, I, mean, I think we could do it way before December of 2025. I think God is going to continue to bless us because I think what the vision that I hope we all get, and this is what gets me mm -hmm. pumped about it, is in this year's budget, we budgeted $850,000 to go to debt this year out of our budget. Our budget's $3.6 million, so $850,000 of that we budgeted to go, to go to debt, just to go to the bank. Here you go, bank, get more rich. Think when we're out of debt, Hear me when I tell you, as long as the man sitting next to me is your lead pastor, we're not going to go build a bunch of new buildings. That money is going to be spent to take the gospel of Christ around the world. That will start right here locally with, with church plants. We'll spread out around Mississippi with more things through the United States and then all around the world. But when we have $850,000 that we free up that we're not just sending to the bank, that we now have that we can send new ministries out around the world, think of the impact that's going to have. Think of the, the people that don't have the Word of God in their language today that we can help fund the Word of God in their, in their language. Yeah. Those are the things that can happen when we're out of debt. So when you hear us start talking about whatever it takes in a few months, get excited about it. Get excited about it because it can change the ministry of Colonial Heights Baptist Church like you've never seen. When you say whatever it takes, you're talking about the campaign exactly. that's coming. Uh, whatever it takes is, is really a campaign that will come in March designed to raise $5 million over three years. That's by 2025 or in 2025. That, but that's more money than needed. So the plan is to uh, use most of that toward debt. But the type of projects that we did with the surplus is the type of projects that we want to do with that extra million or so dollars, right? So the plan with whatever it takes, again, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but if you think you've heard me talk about it a lot, uh, ask the staff uh, how much we've talked about it, right? We, we want to, to really grasp this, that this is, when we say whatever it takes, it is an all-in kind of effort. Um, that all of us sacrificially considering how we might be used to make Christ known all over the world. Part of that is alleviating debt. I think one of the most exciting things for me was getting a glimpse of what you can do with $850,000 extra dollars because we had $800,000 extra this year. And think about it, 600 of that went to debt. So we, we just have like a glimpse with the extra 200 or so. We're talking about every year, give or take, every year having that kind of extra resources to give away. I, I'm not making commitments that for the next 30 years we will never have to do something to a building to fix it or to adjust it and use those resources that way. But I am saying that if, if we were to have an abundance of resources to make Christ's name known, like... How can that not fill your excitement tank, right? I don't know if you have that tank, but you need it, okay? Like, like this is the kind of stuff that, that I can get really, really uh, joy-filled about because it has global impact, not just Colonial Heights impact. And that's my prayers, that we can all get excited about that. Because sometimes, yeah, I get it, guys. Y'all don't get excited about this piece of paper. I understand that. But I pray that you can get excited about the fact that we were able to, to write a check to an organization that's going to open a shelter for girls that have been in a very difficult situation. That we were able to write a check to an organization that got seven pastors and their families out of Afghanistan. I hope you can get excited about those things. And those are the things that we can do even more of as soon as we're out of debt. Yeah. 
So there's a lot of numbers on this page. Please, if you have any questions at all, grab me afterwards. Pastor, this does come from a standing committee, so it doesn't need a motion or a second, but we do need the church to approve it. Okay, so changing to the official part, right? Uh, because of that, all those in favor of affirming this uh, financial report, say aye. aye. All those opposed, the same. Very good. So that passes. It's great. Great job, Gino. Uh, I, I do want to give a brief report. I said something about it this morning, uh, but so thankful. Luke and I had the opportunity uh, this week to go to Honduras. I believe he's going to share with some of the boys and girls later this week, so I don't want to take all of, uh, all of what he's going to say to them. But uh, we had an awesome opportunity. I was able to, um, he went with me, and I was able to uh, teach about 25 or 30 pastors uh, on Wednesday morning, do some pastor training there. None of them have any seminary education. And so a big chunk of that time was talking about how to write a sermon, how to prepare a sermon. Uh, even they were asking like doctrine type questions uh, about the gospel. These are guys that uh, in some ways you can kind of think like they were just thrown into it. Like, hey, who... We're, we're in like a very remote area, uh, and you're the most biblically knowledgeable guy, so you're the pastor, right? Those kind of situations, and we trust that God is using that in them, and uh, thankful for that. So we did that. Uh, we actually, I did a couple Zoom meetings, uh, unexpected teachings that I didn't know were coming, but thankful for those opportunities. And then, like I said this morning, we, uh, we spent time preparing and, and getting their sanctuary ready for their first gathering this morning. We prayed for them this morning. They sent me a picture uh, this morning of, of the room filled with people. Uh, as you can imagine, remember back now like to June of last year, they were spread out, right? Um, kind of by the, the edict, uh, kind of edict, whatever it was called, the, the order uh, set down by their government. Um, man, it was, they were so filled with joy today to get to be able to be back together. So that was what Luke and I, part of what Luke and I did. Um, there are more fun stories to share, I'm sure. Um, but we have a team right now in Uganda with our partner in Four Corners, and I think there is a video from them. So uh, turn your attention to the screen as we hear from them. Well, good evening, church family. Afoyo from northern Uganda and Abana's Hope here with Four Corners Ministries. We are glad to finally be here. We arrived about two days ago and uh, made the trek north to just outside of Gulu and have begun serving alongside our mission partners here at Four Corners. And uh, we've completed about two days of training at the Pastor Training Center and been able to see the other work that's going on here and encourage the missionaries through the kitchen ministry and the child development program and the school and the farm and all of the ways that Four Corners is engaging the Acholi people and other people that have migrated to northern Uganda from Sudan and South Sudan and other areas as they attempt to bring the gospel to people that desperately need to hear it. Yesterday, even as we walked around the campus with Chris Mobs and he was talking to people about what goes on here at Four Corners, he said, we want to make sure that anything and everything that we do, we keep the gospel at the center of the ministry that's taking place here. And I'm so thankful to be partnered and serving alongside people that approach it that way. And we're so thankful for you at Colonial Heights that you have prayed for us as we have traveled here, um, that you support people going out, being sent and uh, it's just such a blessing to be a part of a church family that believes in missions and believes in doing whatever it takes to reach our world for the gospel. So uh, we, we covet your prayers. Would you continue to pray for us as we finish up the week here? And uh, we look forward to being back again with you next week. And uh, just so thankful for the support that is given through our church family at Colonial Heights. We'll see you soon. Amen. So thankful for that ministry and the opportunity that was there for them to serve in that way. I want, I want to remind you of something we talked about this morning. This morning, uh, we talked about the pleasures of the world and the need that I had in my personal study to confess sin before God, to, to, like, to ask him to give me clean hands and a pure heart, 
to ask him to restore to me the joy of my salvation. And I did that, have done that. Um, I don't know if you did, but anytime I come to the Lord's Supper, I think about the necessity for that to happen. For those who are not followers of Christ, the Lord's Supper is here for something for you in a sense to see others do. This is, this is an event, an ordinance for the believer. And so if, if you are a follower of Christ, we, we invite you to participate. But if you are not, we just ask that, uh, that you simply watch. If you are a believer, I would ask you, are there areas that you look too much like the world? Are there ways in which you, you are, have not confessed your sin before God? I want to invite you, if that's the case, to just take time for just a minute before we go to the Word to, to read it and, and take from the bread and the cup. Ask God, cleanse my heart. Purify me, purge me with hyssop. Because you want to come to the Lord's Supper with, um, in a right manner. Paul gives us a warning about that. So I think it's best for us to take just a minute, right where you are, to confess your sin before God, that you might be able to take the Lord's Supper in a way that is pleasing to Him. So take time now pray. God, I, I love gathering with your people. I love belonging to this body of Colonial Heights. I love that, that we have so many things to celebrate. But I love most that our celebration is on the foundation of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so I thank you for this gift of the Lord's Supper, this visual imagery for us that we'll get to remember and celebrate Jesus' body broken for us and Jesus' blood spilled for us. What a gift. God, I pray that as your people that you would cleanse us that you would sanctify us make us holy as you are holy give us your righteousness clothe us with Christ's righteousness God I, I pray that you would do this for us I pray that as we partake in the Lord's Supper, that you would be exalted, you would be pleased, and that we would be encouraged. We trust you for all of these things, and we pray this in your son's name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. I want to invite you to take your Lord's Supper cup and go ahead and peel off this top layer and take the wafer Matthew 26 it says now as they were eating Jesus took bread and after blessing it broke it gave it to his disciples and said take eat this is my body 
this afternoon after church, Luke and I were talking, remembering that while Jesus' body was broken in this way, he, he had no bones broken, just as the prophecy said. So when it speaks of brokenness in this way, it's speaking of his death. So take the cup and open it. What, what we find here is this grape juice, call it fruit of the vine, right? Representing his blood that, that was spilled for us, quite literally. A reminder of his death and ultimately a reminder of his resurrection, his conquering of death. Here's what he says. He says, he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and he says, drink of it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant, of the promise which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. It's my prayer that we would not just take this supper for the moment that it just happened, but that we would celebrate it. The way that that happens is that we abide with Christ. That we that we stay in communication with him, that we hear from him, that we go to him in prayer over and over and over. So I want to plead with you to do just that. As we close our time this evening, let's sing. Let's sing as they did even then. It says that they, they closed by singing a song together. So why don't we do that? Praising God and and even committing that we would abide in him. Would you stand with me as we respond?
for us, and then we will be uh, sent out from this place. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that those, those words are true for us as we confess that we need you. We depend on you for every moment, every breath that fills our lungs, the moments that, that we certainly take for granted that, that our minds so easily forget. We, we're so dependent upon your mercies that are new every day for your sovereign hand that guides us through the difficult moments in life to the great times in life. We are so dependent on you and what a, what a way to rejoice in that weakness that Christ would be shown to be our strength. So we pray that as we remember that you are the way, the truth, the life, that, that it would fill our lungs with that good news, that we would, we would take each step in obedience as your church, as your people. We pray now as we go that the name of Jesus would be on our lips because he is the way the only way to the Father. He is the truth, the one who has revealed the kingdom of God to us so perfectly. And he is the life, the resurrection that has given to us eternal life. So because of what he's done on the cross, we, we sing in his name, we gather in his name. And right now we pray in his name and his name alone. And his church said together, amen. You are dismissed.